What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number four of the pregame lobby. I'm Maze, joined as always by Kingwin and Moist. And today we have a special guest, your man, VP. So we're going to start with VP today. Um, VP, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, who are you? Kind of what do you do? Yeah, what's going on, guys? First of all, thank you so much again for uh, for having me here and letting me come on the cast. Um, but yeah, so my name is your man, VP. Uh, I am an NAL admin member, um, so part of the staff over there. And I am also one of the um, founders and current pirate lord of the Cutthroat Pirates. Uh, it's a Sea of Thieves gaming fleet, uh, if you're not familiar with us. Um, it's uh, about 300 members, um, so that's kind of what I do in addition to kind of working with the NAL and everything like that. So it's been a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit little bit about me right now. Oh, and I also stream on Twitch. That's a, that's a new thing that, I, that I've been doing lately. Um, that's pretty cool. So that's been, that's been a ton of fun as well. And just for those that don't know, the NAL is the Notorious Arena League. So it's kind of a, uh, we'll talk about it here in a little bit too, but it's kind of a almost esports league. Well, and it is an esports league for um, the arena PVP mode in Sea of Thieves. So if you guys enjoy high octane um, PVP, if you guys like Sea of Thieves, you guys should definitely check it out. NotoriousArenaLeague.com. Yeah, I guess I should have uh, definitely plugged it, right? Context is huge. Um, so, familiar, <laughs> so familiar with it, right? But yeah, dude, it's uh, the, the NAL Notorious Arena League is one of the, probably one of the cooler projects I've probably ever worked on. Um, where we are truly just looking to find the best crew on the Sea of Thieves. Um, not only in North America, but also in Europe as well. We have uh, we have both leagues running. They run kind of at the same time. Um, staggered, of course. Um, but yeah, dude, just looking to find, again, the best crews on the Sea of Thieves. So if you're looking to get either into the action or watch some of the action, as Maze mentioned, um, strongly encourage you guys to check us out. Either the website to sign up or get registered or uh, Notorious Arena League on Twitch. Um, we stream multiple times a week, so you can definitely catch the action um tons of great players so yeah i appreciate that man yeah definitely could have done a better job of plugging ourselves but you know hey man we're here man we're here it's all good um i'm gonna ask my favorite question of the day how did you get your name man like gamer tag yeah dude so honestly i've had this gamer tag or like i guess like online identity It's, it's honestly been my twitch handle since like high school so um vp are my initials and it just kind of came one day they're like oh you're the man like you know that's my man uh my man vp you know just people just joking around and i was like yeah. damn like okay like i'm your man vp like that's good <laughs> baby that works. <laughs> I like it. yeah dude super simple nothing too crazy um but like i said man had the same handle on every platform uh, make it super super easy for people to find me i don't hide um had the same handle since high school man so yeah so it's been pretty uh Pretty crazy. Just, just thinking back on that, man, that's, that's kind of wild. But yeah, nothing nothing too crazy. No, Not too crazy of an origin story for your man VP. All good. So you said you recently just got into Twitch. Like that's something that you added in the last couple months. Um, how did how did that come about? What made you decide to test the streaming waters? Yeah, dude. Um, I don't know. I know some people kind of get uncomfortable talking about it, right? But like obviously with everything that's happening in the current climate, right? Like with COVID and everything with the quarantine. Um, obviously, I play video games a bunch. That's one of the most consistent things that's been in my entire life um, is video games. And I've streamed on and off on Twitch, like nothing consistent, right? Like 
if you just if buddies are wanting to watch or if you have people you're doing kind of a bigger event with like the cutthroat pirates like a fleet or something um i would stream you know set stuff up and so i had a, a decent um small bunch of followers whatever but then just over the course of the quarantine i was like damn like obviously sitting at home and like i'm still playing video games and there's so many other avenues that could do it and i just kind of you know bit the bullet and i i'd already had a capture card i have a elgato hd60s uh and i kind of just taught myself the intricacies of obs not that it's that difficult right but um just kind of downloaded it took the jump and uh just started started going man I, I think the biggest thing for me right is just turning the camera on just hitting start stream right because again you're already playing the video games so just kind of just dove right in and uh it's been a ton of fun man it's been super cool over the last couple months um hitting affiliate and then now just obviously watching your your community kind of grow and seeing who sticks around and who doesn't and who's there for you and it's it's been awesome man it's been it's been mm-hmm. very very cool that's dope so I'm learning a lot about you. This is the first time I'm kind of meeting you. Um, Maze has told me that you are a bit of a variety streamer. Um, so, so what are some of your favorite variety games to play? Yeah. Um, so I really enjoy engaging with the community and like getting a lot of people involved. And I really truly do love Sea of Thieves. I mean, I've played Sea of Thieves for damn near the last two years as the only game that I played. And is honestly, as soon as I started streaming, I became Mr. Variety Gamer Guy again. Uh, yeah. So that's been interesting, but I've been digging playing Among Us, man. I think it's a lot of fun um, because I've been able to get a lot of different communities that I'm a part of involved with that. Obviously, you bring people over because you're looking for the games, right? Everybody wants a 10-person lobby. So um, anybody who's familiar with the game is able to kind of, you know, come in and just they know it's not a super difficult game to learn. It's got not too big of a learning curve. um, So you can teach people kind of on the fly and still have fun and joke about it. Um, So I really just think like kind of like the big community like party games i guess you could if you want to call it that has gotcha. been yeah has been a ton of fun uh recently for for myself yeah those are definitely a ton of fun to play i think for a lot of people it's, it's been kind of crazy we talked about that a couple episodes ago and just the surge in these indie games that are just party games you know it's it's they're not really these big development companies that are pouring money into it it's like a i think among us was made by like a one guy one guy just putting it all together. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the craziest thing about all these recent games that have been popping up, right, is, is a lot of it just comes down to gameplay over content sometimes, right? Like, I mean, it not all games have to be super big and flashy, but look at Among Us, right? It's like a 2D kind of, mm-hmm. you know, scroller, whatever you want to call it. But it's just, it's fun, man. And it's easy to get people engaged. And it's, it's, it's games that I've literally sat there and played for hours without even thinking about it, just because, you know, every, every round is different and you get to mess with your friends a little bit, right? Like everybody loves, you know, getting to deceive a little bit and getting the mind tricks going and just seeing where, how it works for you. So it's been, uh, yeah, I think that's been a super interesting curve for the, for the gaming world, but who knows? Yeah. I think, I think we have a kind of a shift almost where, I don't know. Maybe it is just these these couple games, but I do feel like a lot of developers are putting emphasis on like how the game looks over how the game feels slash functions, like the number of quests, like the the depth of the quests, whatever it is. Um, they they just want to make sure it like looks really really good because that's the flashy stuff is what really kind of sells the copies. So it is cool to see people you know buying or playing for free in in case of among us if you got it on mobile uh but these games that are 
um, you know, very light on the graphics and very heavy on the, the replayability and the, the fun stuff. Um, so talking about the cutthroat pirates, you kind of told us a little bit about it already. Um, kind of a gaming fleet similar to if you guys, you know, you guys use fleet because that is it's sea of thieves, your pirates, all that. Um, but if, if people out there are kind of thinking about it, similar to like a clan or a guild or just any type of organization, um, within a game that connects players, is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we've been referred to as a clan or a guild, and I think I mean it. It fits the mold, right? Obviously, we mm -hmm. like you said, we we use the word fleet because it is Sea of Thieves based. Um, but I think that's a very fair, uh, you know, uh, way to apply it. Mm -hmm. um, so, in a game that doesn't really support these clans, guilds, organizations in game, like it, there's no there's no clan tag, no clan screen, anything like that. Um, how are you able to kind of recruit and maintain this active involvement in the the fleet? So obviously I'm a little biased, right? But the Cutthroat Pirates is a super special place uh, because of kind of the initiation process that we go through. So um, in order to even get into the Discord, you have to apply on our uh, Sea of Thieves forums on the Sea of Thieves website. And so once you've applied on the forums, the officers or the recruitment managers will reach out to you. Um, they'll reply to your forum post, they'll reach out on Discord, they'll send you a link, and then you've gotten into the Discord, right? But that doesn't mean, technically it doesn't mean anything. So you're not a cutthroat yet, you're not an initiate yet. Um, you then need to be talked with an officer or a mentor in the fleet um, to then have a, a, an initiation, initiation conversation where they kind of teach you a little bit about the Discord, teach you a little bit about the fleet, about the history of the Cutthroat Pirates, um, kind of talk to people kind of what we're about. And then once that happens, then you earn your initiate tag. So then you're, you're marked as pink in the Discord so people know that you're an initiate. Um, and then from there, you have two weeks to kind of sail with the Cutthroats, sail, learn as much as you can, um, and actually earn votes. So the community actually builds itself. So in order to even become a hmm. Cutthroat, you first have to have an initiate tag and then you have to get five votes from any other cutthroats in the fleet. So that means they either like what you're about, they think you're awesome at PvP, you bring a really good attitude to the table, you're willing to learn, you're asking questions. So there's a ton of different ways that you can earn your cutthroat vote. But once you've gotten those that fifth vote, then you meet back with your mentor or your officer at the end of the two weeks. And then you kind of talk a little bit about what you've learned, how your experience was. And then you earn your official cutthroat tag. Um, and I've been a part of this group for about two years. So again, I'm very biased, right? And I'm, again, the current Pirate Lord now. So be my, this is my fourth time being the Pirate Lord. Um, but I think with that sort of initiation system, I think it builds a lot of pride. Like we even have a lot, we have a ton of merch. Um, so we have like shirts, hats, flags, mugs, all kinds of stuff. And people love rocking them in the back of their streams. Or when we, we, have, a, we, have, we love doing like cutthroat webcam hangouts. So I love seeing the flags in the backgrounds and people love showing them off. That's one of the first things um, that they get super jazzed about if they just gotten it. And I think, again, when the community builds itself like that, you have a huge amount of pride for something that you're doing, especially when it's super selective right that, like that, right? So again, we have about 300 members in the Discord currently. And to some people that may not seem huge, right? If you're a part of a, a crazy you know, Discord, like maybe the Sea of Thieves official one or some other fleets that I could name, um, but to us, that's really special, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what keeps people coming back. And 
Um, we do orient ourselves very much around PVP. Um, we do like to consider ourselves the number one PVP focused fleet um, on the seas. And so we do offer trainings and we, you know, we are always putting on um, events or like mini games. So like, we'll, you know, we'll spike two boats or we'll try to get boats on a server and have a, you know, a skull ball tournament or play our, our own variations of mini games. And I think when it gives you something to do to break up that monotonous grind, it makes you enjoy the game and enjoy being around the people that you're with. Right. Not that oh, yeah. you don't enjoy the grind, but it's just a nice way to distract yourself. And so I think that's, um, one of the really cool things that we do to keep people coming back and keeping people invested in the Discord when there are tons of other places to play, um, not only Sea of Thieves, but other games as well. Well, yeah, you have, you have 300 members, but it's like 300. Like yeah, That initiation process, I mean, is you got to be kind of committed and, and it's not something like in another game, like you're talking about in, in Destiny, if you want to join a clan normally, you know, their their requirements might be uh, join the discord or like be this good at the game and stuff. And you guys will take anybody, but at the same time, like that's cool that you guys require a little bit of commitment up front of, Hey, if you want to, we, we take, you know, we take this game seriously. We, we like helping others and, and playing with people that are involved, but you got to show us like up front that you are willing to kind of be the same type of, you know, level of commitment. So that sounds super awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Man. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to kind of help make the changes. And I was, again, actually been gifted the the founder tag. So I've kind of helped shape what the community is about and how it's kind of grown. So it's been it's been super rewarding, man. It's been a lot of fun, uh, to say the very least. Very cool. Cool. Um, so that's specifically everything about cutthroats. Um, I am not a Sea of Thieves player. I've played it like a couple times. I've hopped on. Um, but you mentioned NAL earlier. Um, is there a little bit more you wanted to expand on about that? Because I'm pretty much in the fully in the dark about yeah, exactly what that is. Absolutely, man. Um, so yeah. So again, as Maze mentioned, the NAL is the Notorious Arena League, um, and that is the one-stop shop for competitive play in the Sea of Thieves arena. Obviously, I understand that there are other organizations out there like Race of Legends, Sea of Champions, um, but we really do pride ourselves at the NAL uh, or in the NAL, should I say, about trying to find the best crews. Um, we obviously understand that there's a lot of different relationships that can take place out on the seas, um, whether it be positive, whether it be negative. Um, you know, we try to give everybody a fresh start once they come into our organization. And, you know, we pride ourselves on holding our players accountable for no toxicity, you know, making sure that they're professional, making sure they show up on time. Um, we have a lot of intricacies about how we do things, and we are currently in our fourth season for the North American League and in our second season for the European League. Um, and I can tell you, because I've been around from the very start, uh, the NAL has grown dramatically. Um, I was actually, it was actually one of my first initiatives and one of my first Pirate Lord terms to start the NAL almost for the Cutthroat Pirates and whatever smaller communities wanted to join. Um, that we were marketing to and kind of talking with at the time. And it ended up being a huge success. We had, um, I think, eight teams, so not super ideal. Um, two of them ended up dropping out, so it got really tricky. But yeah. we still pushed on, right? And we ended up with the first season with a $100 cash prize pool, which at the time we thought was amazing, right? We were like, oh, my gosh, people donated. Yeah, people. There's like, actually a pool, is, yeah. Yeah, this is so cool. Like, And, again, it was our first first actual season. 
And then, you know, we started really fine tuning things. We started to really ramp it up. The Discord took on a whole new look uh, for season two. Um, we got several more teams in. Um, we had another 10. So we had 10 more teams, um, five and five for season two. Um, and season two ended with a $400 cash prize, um, which, again, we thought at the time was amazing. We were like, wow, right. we've grown so much, right? Uh, and then now when season three for NA started, we had a lot of interest for the EU community. So then we started season one of EU. Um, and that has been crazy because now we're not talking just one region, right? Like now we're talking spanning the entire globe of Sea of Thieves players who are interested in competing at their highest capacities. Um, and it became, and it got to the point where our league and our interest was growing so much that we actually had to start hosting qualifiers. So now we have actual qualifiers where let's say 15 teams want to participate, only the top 10 will right. actually get in. Um, and that has been absolutely fantastic. And then we, we have so many different stages. So we go from the qualifier, we go to the brawl to determine where you, where you land. So we have a five team pro league and a five team semi pro league. Uh, and then those teams will compete for uh, this season is three weeks. Um, so season four, we had three weeks of league play, uh, which just actually ended on Saturday. And then now uh, the top three teams from the pro division automatically qualify into the uh, grand finals. And the bottom two teams in the pro division will compete with the top three teams from the semi pro division for what we like to call the round of fate. fate, fate, fate. <laughs> and now these these five teams will play seven games. Um, to determine the top two out of that lobby, out of those five, who will then qualify and move into the grand finals where they will compete for not only a cash prize, but something that's really freaking cool that we have achieved. And it was an awesome milestone for us last season in season three. We actually have our own custom sales in the game. So that was wow. an absolute, yeah, man, that was an absolute amazing milestone for us as an organization to be recognized to that capacity um, is very, very humbling. So, so now teams are competing for not only the cash prize, right? Like that's all good and well, but a very, very limited um, Sea of Thieves cosmetic, the Notorious Arena League sales, because in, in all truth, there are only... Let me make sure I'm getting the numbers right. There are only nine to 10 players in the entire Sea of Thieves population that actually own these sales. Two or three of them being admin because we've had the same team from season one, two, and three be crowned the Notorious Arena League champions. So the Quick Reaction Force, Tart T and those guys over there at Quick Reaction Force um, are back-to-back-to-back Sea of Thieves champions. So they are the only team in the Notorious Arena League, aside from our EU champions of season one, that have the notorious arena league sales. So that's be changing this year. Yeah. And that will be changing this year. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, quick reaction force didn't even come back to compete this season. Um, So we have a whole new roster of teams uh, that our fans have didn't even recognize at the beginning of the season, but now they've all developed huge fan bases. And that's just incredible to see in itself. Yeah. That's super dope, man. So uh, how did you get involved with the nail? Um, like I said, we kind of helped kickstart it um, during my first um, parlor term. I actually played in the first season of the NAL. I played under a team named Shrouded Scourge. Um, we ended up getting fourth. And uh, so from there, like I was mentioning, a lot of things were changing in terms of 
you know, upgrading the Discord and how we marketed and all these different things. Um, and Rage Tracks actually kind of took over the NAL and has really turned it into what it is today. Um, and I took about season season two, I kind of took off um, and then kind of came back in as season two was ending. Um, but Rage Tracks asked me to kind of help come back in and help officiate. So I actually um, am kind of like the team representative for, the, for all the teams that are represented in the NAL, kind of helping get roster set up for the night, um, all these different things. And I also um, am co-leading the refs with uh, our very own Unrelent Force, who um, we deal with like disciplinary actions. So obviously with league play um, and with competitors come sanctions and violations and all those things. So I have the pleasure of, of handling all of that fun stuff. Um, so that's kind of where my main involvement comes in right now with the NAL. So the... Last season in the championship game, um, and in my opinion, Forsaken Sun was the best team throughout the year. You know, I we we played in some scrims, um, and I played against QRF. I played against uh, Forsaken Sun, and we got we got you know beaten down pretty. We we got second in a couple of games, but other than that, you know, we're kind of bringing up the the tail end. They were all really good, in my opinion. Like watching playing, um, I thought Forsaken Sun was was the best but all of a sudden in the championship game qrf just pulls out this nutty fire strat that just nobody has ever thought about nobody has ever done and that right there i think is the like what you can point to at like to why qrf was a three a three-time champion the back-to-back-to-back the the Jordan esque team, you know it, it, and it's hard to win something three times, especially like with the motivation to play after you've already won twice, and then keep practicing and stuff. Um, sometimes you need something like that, but like to, to reach in the bag and come out of that, that's crazy. Is our fire strats just from a rule like our fire fire strat? Is that still a allowed in the in the league? Yeah, we see teams okay. attempt to use it. Um, the Revenants really utilized it this season. Um, but in a lot of teams have also transitioned. We see a lot of different strategies come up, but a lot of teams have transitioned to using the grate bucketing. Um, if you're familiar with that, oh, yeah. so you're throwing water straight out of the grate, so it even eliminates a little bit more time theoretically than going up to the stairs, right? But there's also the potential for splashback. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, all the things that can be done manually and are are not necessarily manipulated with either keyboard, mouse, a controller, or anything. Everything's fair game, and that's the cool part about it, right? Because you're constantly seeing teams adapt to what's going to benefit them and how they're going to kind of sneak in. And that's what I really love about the scrims and both unofficial, the official scrims and unofficial scrims is that we give those teams an opportunity to try out some of those techniques against some of the best teams around, right? Because we all know that pub lobbies in arena are not nearly the same intensity oh, no. as oh, an oh, NAL no. lobby. So. <laughs> Um, so it can be a little difficult and frustrating when you're trying to practice some of these strategies, um, in a public lobby, but you now are given the opportunity to do so against other NAL teams with the scrim nights. So, um, that's, that's a really cool, uh, thing that I think we do, but yeah, uh, to go back to your original question. Yeah. Everything's fair game, man. And we see teams utilizing, um, and coming up with new strategies all the time. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so Esports obviously a big thing this year. In the last few years, it's been growing. I watched, I've been watching some on ESPN every once in a while. It's really cool to see it out in the main main spaces. Um, 
So what are some of the challenges that go into starting, you know, an esports organization? Like, I think a lot of our challenges initially were kind of expectations, right? Like, as you mentioned, the e- seeing esports now on like ESPN is that's like the goal, right? That would be a dream. Right. Also, right. we understand that Sea of Thieves community is not that large, right? It's not League of Legends. It's not Overwatch. Right. It's not Halo. Um, but that doesn't mean that we still can't try, right? But I think managing some of those realistic expectations of, you know, wanting your first stream to be through the roof, right? And having all of these right. crazy effects and all of these crazy, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Like graphics production and all these different and, things. Yeah. Production, yeah, absolutely. And making it, you know, want to be tip top every single time and, you know, shooting for CFD or a Twitch partner, right? Like where you want all these viewers to come in. Um, and so that's a huge challenge, but also, you know, learning how to manage not only the people that are working with you, but again, the competitors and the players in your league. Um, because for a lot of our teams, um, I would like to consider a lot of our players friends, right? I've played with these people for a very long time, whether it be in the cutthroats or whether it be a part of other games communities. And now they're coming into the league. You now have to hold them accountable and almost have a layered relationship, right? And so that right. can be tricky for some people when you've been friends with them and you've played with them for so long and now you're having to pull them into a voice channel to say, hey man, you're actually being sanctioned. Um, keep this up and you could potentially be banned, right? That, that's a hard conversation for some people to grasp. And that's definitely a tricky part of navigating the relationship, especially in this small, uh, small of a tight-knit community as the Sea of Thieves community is. Yeah. Um, and on the other hand, you also have to deal with a lot of varying personalities that I like to deem internet gangsters, right? Um, <laughs> the internet obviously allows for a lot of anonymity and, um, you know, freedom to do and say what you choose. And so people will oftentimes talk to you in that way, whether it be out of, you know, respect or looking for cloud on the internet. Okay, I get it, right? Um, but there's a lot of you know, unprofessionalism and I don't want to say disrespect, but at some, at at a point it becomes disrespectful. Right. And so just learning how to brush that off and deal with those types of people and also continue to put out the same level of content um, that you're doing has been interesting for some members of our community to navigate. Um, But again, I've really kind of coined the the internet gangster term over the last uh, several months with with individuals trying to either intimidate or kind of push us around and try to try to get what they want. But that I mean that's life, right? Human beings are weird animals, and they're going to do what they want. And it doesn't help that the internet um, provides you that anonymity that you might uh, you might need to kind of enforce that behavior. Sure. Oh, for sure, dude. So getting this esports off the ground, right? Because this is something that it's like, I mean. When, when you see the game of Sea of Thieves, right, it's like hit reg is a thing. I mean, you have things with like reload glitches and all this to where it, it's not a game that you would think of like, hey, this is an eSport game. But you guys have – it does have such a freaking strong community. Like it is one of the most tight-knit communities. Like it just uh, – being on Twitch and stuff and the way that like – content creators support each other. The community supports content creators um, being in game and just like running into random people that will be like, Hey, I'm getting off. Here are all my supplies. You know, just people always kind of looking out for each other. Um, when you have, you have TDMers and stuff that 
I mean, if you talk to a TDMer and you throw out another TDMer's name, chances are like they know who that is just because it's, it is such a, a close knit community um, that it, it's been crazy to see just like how successful that has been. And another thing to me that I think personally has helped your guys success uh, is at least from the outside looking in has been the support that rare has given you guys, you know, these, this, this group of this, this fleet, right. Coming over from the cutthroats and like, Hey, we want to turn this into a, a an esport. We want to make a league for the people that really love it. We want to keep people invested in the game. Um, and rare, you know, you guys have the obsidian capstan giveaways, which is people don't know. That's one of the most rare items in the game is these obsidian capstans. The, they gave away the entire rest of the set, the sails, the hull, the figurehead, all that on Twitch drops. But the Obsidian Capstan, the I would say the majority of them at this point have come from um, the the giveaways that I'm, I'm assuming. I, I'm assuming that Rare has has you know is supporting you in that way of like giving you guys codes to give away. Um, what is that relationship with Rare? been like as you guys have undergone this process of setting up like creating an esport out of the arena mode sure um and i need to be very tactful about everything right but there's also uh, they've been very inviting and they've been it's been very inviting and they've been very encouraging with like you mentioned the giveaways right there they have mm -hmm. um supplied us with the ability to be able to do that and does that help the viewership absolutely right like it's always funny we always joke about it in the staff um or among staff about how you can tell when the giveaways are about to happen because our viewership spikes exponentially. <laughs> um, it's not difficult for those listening it's not difficult to enter the giveaway all you have to do is come watch um and during a set period of time all you have to do is type in the chat and your name automatically gets entered into the giveaway um and so we can always tell when that's starting to come up because again, the viewership jumps um, and then you can tell who the real ones are because after the giveaway happens, um, depending on how people are feeling that day, um, those people that do come in just for the giveaway do tend to leave. But um, it's just so funny, man. But the, the relationship has been awesome. Uh, they've been super supportive again. And like I mentioned earlier, um, they've even recognized us by giving us our own sales in the game that we can give away. Um, which again, I think that's even, you know, greater than the obsidian capstan, right? Obviously oh, yeah. that's, a, that's part of a set, right? But now we are our own unique brand that is recognized and, um, you know, you got to earn them. It's not like we're just giving them away. It's not mm -hmm. like it's a one week thing where you're coming, showing up, getting a good, getting a good lobby, right? And you're winning and all of a sudden you have these awesome you know, super exclusive sales. No, man, it's a gauntlet. And you have to be willing to, first of all, show up every week with your team to be in the gauntlet, but you have to survive and come out on top to even achieve um, or to even be able to accept the sales, right? And so um, that I think in itself was a huge milestone. Again, I keep saying that I sound like a broken record, but it's a huge milestone for us as an organization because of that recognition from Rare. Um, and you see it all over the place, right? Like with their Easter eggs and everything. But now we have officially made the mark of embedding ourselves in the game um, for here on out, right? And so um, they've been very, very good to us in terms of supporting us and 
Um, when you have that kind of influence, they also are very open to feedback and not that we're changing the game, right? But if we recognize enough of these things um, and we do, and we present them in a, um, again, tactful and productive and professional way, it helps increase the chances that some of these things are being noticed and being picked up, right? So um, a lot of that has been a huge, um, a huge reason behind Rage's involvement and um, the work that he's done has been absolutely incredible, man. So huge shout out to, to Rage Trucks and the staff over there for what they're doing. And also, again, huge shout out to Rare for, for being willing to um, support us and, and give us all of the, the things that, are, that we're able to have to make the NAL possible. So it's uh, nothing but great things to say, man. So would you, get, would you say that you guys kind of have, I don't know, are able to function almost like a mouthpiece for players in terms of like if it's something where, you know, like the reload glitch where that's affecting your all's gameplay um, or we're talking about hit reg, you know, where honestly, I mean, hit reg can decide a, a game. Um, like I was talking to a, a, a an individual. I don't want to like, I don't know if I want to like, Throw, throw him under the bus here or anything, but, you know, he was talking about how um, they were, I mean, I guess I will. It was Pay Ray, and he was talking about how they would have won the the last game of, it doesn't matter, they're in first place, so like, it doesn't matter, but they would have won the last game. Um, the fourth game, I don't, uh, I don't know if it was, like, the, the actual last game, but he ended up getting hit-regged. They shotgunned a dude twice. He sniped the dude. The dude doesn't die. The dude one blunders him. All of a sudden, you know, now they're they're down a man instead of having the invader off their boat. They're down a man. Um, they end up getting farmed and then eventually sunk. And it goes back to that hit reg. So like that is something that can be like even though they outplayed him, they got quote unquote rared as you know it, the the community has affectionately termed it. Um, <laughs> and it, you know like where it happens there, it doesn't really matter. But then if it happens in the round of fate or the finals, you know, that could determine that, that could go in. I mean, honestly, like those games are so close that it could go into determining, you know, who is the actual champion. So are you able to, I don't know, obviously not put pressure on rare, but does, does rare, if you guys like talk to them and you bring them this issue of like, Hey, this reload bug, man, it's, it's really getting bad. Like we've had players, it's 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 hurt us in arena. It's pretty consistent. Do, are they generally already aware of these things that are happening, or have you guys been able to kind of be a mouthpiece for a for the community? Um, I think if you've been on Twitter at all, or anybody who's been on Twitter, I think it's, it's very clear to see that the community is making these issues uh, very visible to rare, right? And hit reg um, for sure. Yes, oh, I mean yeah. hit reg's been a thing for. Like before I was born, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So they don't—they definitely don't hide anything um, mm -hmm. from Rare. But we do and do try to um, collect as much feedback from players as possible, right? And again, we, we try to do so in a professional, productive manner rather than saying, this game sucks, I can't shoot my shots, I can't reload oh, yeah. cannons, right? Um, but we do try to compile all that information from our seasons and from our players and then present them um, to rare either on the forums or in other avenues um, just so they are aware because it's very clear 
that we are the very small percentage of the population, right? Not many people are playing oh, yeah. at this high of a level. And that comes with part of the challenge of the esports league, right? Is knowing that you are the small percentage of the population. And this isn't a game that's necessarily made to be played at this high of a level. And none of us are coders, right? None of us work for Rare. None of us work there. So mm -hmm. we don't necessarily have the ability to go in and change the things that we see. But we definitely do try to act as a mouthpiece, as you've said, to get that information relayed to the people that need to hear it. So I guess, and, and you know, and, and like you said, people are always, they, they're generally aware of all these problems. Um, do you think that... I, and, and you know it's it's pretty still pretty early on. You know we're talking about uh, we're in season one four for the NA and two for EU. Is that correct? Yep. So I mean it's, it's it's early on. Do you think that Rare would be more likely to address? Like it's like if if you guys bring them these forward and you're like, hey, here you go. These are things that we're noticing. Because I mean if if players are experiencing it in NAL, like it's definitely going to be happening just to everyday players. Um, but again, it doesn't really matter if it happens. If, if I lose a game because I got hit regged in normal arena, it's like I just have to go play another game to get my legendary Sea Dog, whatever, like it's 15 more minutes. Who cares? Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Do, do you think that – I don't know. I, I guess there, it is just like such a complex idea of them like having to figure out like what's wrong with the coding and stuff. Um on top of, I, I think it's incredibly difficult to do the task. Rare is, they're trying to do so much with just like pushing out monthly updates of like new fresh content along with not breaking the game. And they have their player test servers, like their insiders and stuff. But at the same time, like, man, you can only, you can only add so much content before stuff just starts falling apart, you know? Um, and not necessarily falling apart. I don't think it's necessarily falling apart. But just like with the hit rag and stuff, I think that's something that a lot of players would like to have it like it just take a monthly update and just address like even if it's like two months, just address the hit rag, just address these these small glitches. I don't know. That's yeah. kind of me being on a tangent here. <laughs> no, dude, let it fly, man. Let it fly. <laughs> I could talk for days about you know. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Um, I actually made a YouTube video on, on, you know, what they could do to kind of bring back the spice to adventure mode. But, uh, you know, if you guys want to check that out, um, but moving on here, I want to talk, I want to get your opinion. We talked about the regular season is finished the week, the, the season play it's done. We're locked in to the final standings. Um, you guys can find these on notorious arena league dot com um but if we are here the number one team in the pro division is the sloop deluxe number two goats on boats formerly known as the black sales i had to i had to like go into their roster and check because i was like what <laughs> the heck happened to black sales uh and then bloody tallyman round out the top three so those are the three and it's crazy because bloody tallyman qualified by one point that's intense. This is very true, man. Very true. Bro. It's nail biters, man. Always. You never know what you're gonna get. That's gonna be an exciting like final. I, I think the the round of fate is gonna be super exciting. Um, but the three teams that will be competing in that against them are the 
Uh, well, sorry. So the, the two teams that were brought up at the bottom were Fighting Falcons and Cursed Sales, tied with 53 points. And then we have Death Omens, the Associates, and Booty Warriors. So a couple predictions I want you to make here. All right, well, we'll move through these quickly. Okay. Um, which of the two pro teams do you think is a lock for the finals? Which one? They're, they're tied. Which one of you, those two do you expect? You know, they both possibly could make it back. Uh, which one do you think will be more likely to make it back? You know, I really want to give it to the Fighting Falcons, given that they are a team comprised of NAL veterans. Um, so they've kind of been in that pace for a longer period of time. Obviously, every game is entirely different, right? But I think when it comes dime, when it comes down to the game time decisions, reactions, what have you, I think, and I'm fairly confident in saying that the Fighting Falcons haven't having been there before and previously for other seasons, I think that might give them the advantage. But that's also a very scary place to be in, right? Knowing that you qualified for the pro division but are now having to compete in the round of fate, um, I think ultimately it's just going to come down to, you know, the seven games that they play that day. But I really, truly want to say that um, I believe that the Fighting Falcons will qualify based on their experience in the league alone. Yeah, because it's comprised of, it was what Sharkbait and uh, who was the Sharkbait and Deadly Sirens kind of came Sirens. together, um, and they've obviously brought in a few players where needed. Um, but yeah, those two teams were competed or were competitors for us last season. Okay, semi pro finals. Who who moves up? So semi pro teams again. You have the Death Omens, the Associates, the Booty Warriors. Which one of those three would you expect to qualify if one of them does? Man, I tell you what, over the last couple weeks, Death Omens have really shown up to play, man. They have really proven that it doesn't matter where you're from in the world. If you want to play, you're going to get it done, man. That's a team from playing comprised mostly of um, players from Brazil uh, playing mm -hmm. on the NA servers, and they show up, man. I would be very, very surprised if Death Omens does not make it. Um, into the grand finals based on the way that they've been playing over the last couple weeks. Awesome. So you have the fighting Falcons and death omens. Those are kind of your two, you know, and obviously we left the door open. So you think cursed sales may be in there too, but you're expecting, are you expecting death omens and fighting Falcons? Or are you expecting? Honestly, my expectations are <laughs> to be very surprised and possibly even <laughs> two semi pro teams. Qualify yeah. right? Maybe it, perhaps it's the Death Omens and the Associates. We've seen Booty Warriors survive the round of fate and qualify for the grand finals last year. Are they going to do it again? I have no idea. The the slate is clean as far as these seven <laughs> games go, and that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah. Um, I would be very, very impressed and also very excited if we seen two semi-pro teams qualify. You know, where they just kind of say, "Hey, look, we know we qualified for this division, and this is where we played, but we mean business, and this is where we belong." Um, and so I would be very, very excited, um, to see two semi-pro teams, but as far as my expectations go, um, based on statistics and standings alone, um, like I mentioned, yeah, fighting Falcons and death omens. Um, I do see them kind of running the gauntlet and getting the better of the other teams. Um, so who wins? Day. Who wins? Oh man. Again, you mentioned it earlier, right? Forsaken Sun last season, we seen them, um, at the top of the leaderboard all season. Um, and then it comes time for the grand finals where, again, the slate is cleaned and it's seven games. Oof. Sloop Deluxe has been very, very impressive, man. I have been super impressed with those guys. A great group. Um, getting to talk with those guys, hanging out in their streams every once in a while. 
Um, super awesome dudes. Would I be shocked if they won? Absolutely not. Um, do I think it's possible that they fall in the finals? Absolutely, right? Um, who do BP, I think? I need you to stop beating around the bush here. Dude, right. I think it's hard. I want. You're putting me in a tough spot. I know I am, dude. All <laughs> these teams are amazing. I know, dude. I Make know. a bold prediction right now, VP. Who is going to win? I'm saying Sloop Deluxe, man. I'm saying Sloop right. Deluxe right now. I'll put it down. I'll put All it right. down. Right That's now. what you're putting your money on. Count me in. Sloop Deluxe. Yep. <laughs> All right. God, I'm sweating over here, Maze. <laughs> Honestly, watching Sloop Deluxe play, watching like some of those guys you talked about, like Payray, uh, TDM, I I think that that is going to be a that, that's a that's a as about safe of a bet as you like. Like you said, anything can happen. Um, I played against Black Sales a bunch back before they even started competing, just when they were doing scrims. I've run into those guys a ton. I think that Goats on Boats is going to be give them they're going to they're going to go after that hard um they're going to give them a run for their money but i'm with you I, i'm if i had to put my money down beginning of the year i said black sales or goats on boats um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go sleep deluxe with you though i think it's a safe bet man they've shown us that they're here to play they have which then leads me to my final question and again I thought throughout the year, Forsaken Sun was better. I think Forsaken Sun was the better team last year. If you just if you replayed that, you gave them the knowledge of the fire strat. Um, and again, I don't, don't take anything away from QRF. This is not a diss on QRF. I mean, like the innovativeness to go through and just for one series to be better, and that's all you have to do to be a champion. Uh, but I thought throughout the season, Forsaken Sun was the better team. So if you had a three-team lobby. No teams to farm out here. Sloop Deluxe, QRF, Forsaken Sun. What team wins? I think in terms of naval ability and player capabilities, I'm with you, man. I had a lot of love for those Forsaken Sun guys. I think they're all very, very disciplined. They're very consistent. Um, they have great attitudes about playing. They were super motivated. Um and had they continued and chosen to keep competing, who knows what would have happened, man. So I, I'm with you, man. I ride Team Forsaken Sun. I think those dudes are all great. Zephos, Huppy, Green Bean, um, PK, all amazing dudes, man. Um, Apex, fantastic. Um, fantastic players. Again, super motivated, super on top of it, super coordinated. If we put all three of those teams in the lobby, I think consistently Forsaken Sun is going to come out on top. Dude, I swear to God, watching watching PK on a helm of a ship was like watching just Mozart conducting. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just, uh, dude, it was uh, it was beautiful. Like <laughs> we used to, because that was back when we were, you know, looking at competing, and um, we would like after our our after we would go play them and just get pooped on. We would go back and just like watch his POV winner pov and dude it, he just god tier pay ray though is he is very 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 good as well man he's nothing but, to mess around with man i know no. yeah yeah it would be he hey he he says he has on his stream title all the time number one um helmsman in the nal um i'd like to see a helm off between him and pk we need to get those for <laughs> second sunboy back dude i'm with you man i'm with you <laughs> All right. 
Yeah, so I'm excited. Uh, so for anybody that is interested in checking out the NAL, if you guys have not heard of that again, I would really recommend checking it out. If you guys, you know, have any interest in any interest in CFDs, any interest just in like esports, I think it's a ton of fun to watch, even if you don't really know um, a lot about, you know, it. Just like Sea of Thieves, but the round of fate is going to is scheduled for Saturday, November seventh, and then the grand finals scheduled for Saturday, November fourteenth. So that is on Twitch.tv slash Notorious Arena League. So definitely check them out. We'll put the the link in the description of the podcast as well. So if you guys have any interest, again, go check them out. So. Uh, moving on, um, I don't know, Kingo. Did you get to watch much of this this stream, this Among Us stream? Um, so I saw bits and pieces, highlights here and there. I did not get to watch the actual stream. I was, I think, I was coaching that night or something like that. Yeah. But um, I saw bits and pieces of it and got different reactions from different people mm -hmm. uh, who I talked to about watching it. Uh, mm -hmm. What did you think? So, so kind of what we're talking about here, uh, the AOC, and I guess did Congress Congresswoman? Yeah, she, uh, she, she's a yeah Congresswoman from Minnesota, 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 uh, Ilhan Omar. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I don't want to butcher her name; that would be really rude. But uh, she was also playing with AOC, and along with uh, big streamers like Pokimane, Lupo, Myth, uh, uh, on also Corpse, well. I think, was there. Um, yeah, the, 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 there were a bunch of big names from like the Twitch scene that were playing with AOC and Omar like that day, and we were actually like the reason we didn't watch a lot of it was because we were recording episode three at the same time this was happening, like oh, like straight like like yeah the, 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 uh, like like was, yeah yeah we didn't actually get to watch was, a lot of it yeah, yeah. Gotcha. which was really unfortunate. I really kind of I kind of wanted to watch it to see what was actually happening. Uh, there were mm. some like some cool highlights of of AOC like getting imposter like i think she was for imposter like one of the first two rounds and she didn't really know what she was doing apparently it was like kind of funny from her perspective mm -hmm. but then yeah. later on she like kind of caught on and actually understood how the game works so i mean it was interesting to see like somebody who had never played among us before like kind of understand it and get used to it especially with big people like you know pokemon and myth and even people like corpse who play a lot of among us mm -hmm. for sure um i i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and say I'm not a fan just of having political figures and I don't, I don't care, you know, like either, either way, I, I don't know, man. Like I just, I go on Twitch to, and, and I didn't really watch it. I wouldn't have watched this. I don't really care mm -hmm. that they're doing yep. it, you know? Um, but it, that is not something that is going to make me want to go watch it because mm -hmm. there's like these people that are, you know, supposed to be they're They're not, entertainers you know they're they're yeah exactly out of your running yeah. your country and, and obviously like i'm not saying like they should be writing bills right now instead of playing <laughs> video games no like they, they have free time like they're obviously they're campaigning this was a way to to it was it was politically motivated to have them out yeah. there it wasn't just like they were like hey i'm a congress you know woman i want to play games with these big people it was like we want to get people to vote which is important you know and mm -hmm. it is yeah definitely um an important i honestly i would have rather seen if, if there was something like this, having like AOC um, or even both of them, um, both of the congresswomen with like a congressman, congresswoman, like that was from a Republican party, just like to mm -hmm. show some kind of like unity where it's like. Exactly. Yeah. 
go vote, but like also we can play video games together without just like being at each other's throats, which isn't <laughs> possible because they couldn't. <laughs> you know, either side could just stay exactly. Off yeah, no, um, no, yeah, no. Uh, a bunch of like the coverage about this, obviously, like whenever it was happening, there were a bunch of articles being written about it, like, like, uh, like in real time as was happening. Like AOC reaches four hundred thousand viewers on Twitch while she's streaming it Among Us. Like mm-hmm. all this stuff is said, like, like all these big names, Pokemon and, and other people are streaming with AOC. Like all that stuff is happening, but a lot of things that that, that kept com- one word that kept coming up in a lot of these uh, articles was that AOC streaming Among Us is genuine, and I'm like, no, it's not. Like, like, I, like, I don't no. know. To, like, like to me, hearing that like politicians are trying to, you know, get into like the young person's game of like streaming and playing video games and stuff. It's like not nah, mm-hmm. like you, you got into an agreement with all like Pokemon. You got you got into agreement with all these big streamers. You got into agreement with everybody who was there. It was all set up. It's not like you just hopped onto Discord and said, "Hey, does anybody want to stream Among Us with me tonight? Does anybody want to get up a game?" It's like, no, you had. Like you are all your representatives, all your PR people, everybody talking to everybody, making sure you didn't get people like, I don't know, people like maybe like Tim the Tapman on your stream, because that would be a little bit odd. You know, you're, you're obviously getting people you want to be on your stream to either whether or not Pokemon Lupo and all these people support AOC and like her views. That's not really the point. And they don't really like, and they didn't really care. It's all for publicity. Like that's all it really oh, was. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't genuine. Like, like I mean, I there did, were four hundred thousand people watching. You know, indirectly watching Pokemon, watching Lupo. exactly. Yeah, like it, it was. It was marketing for the Twitch streamers. It was, it was marketing for Twitch and just getting uh, because like if if you put AOC on Twitch, like people that don't care about Twitch have never watched Twitch are gonna click. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- it doesn't mean they're gonna stay on Twitch. Like no. they're just gonna be like, oh, AOC's doing this. That means I like like nothing against people who support or like don't support AOC. That's not really the point of what we're getting at. It's the fact that people who do support her are going to click on Twitch to watch her only, and then she'll never do it again. Like you know, like she'll never get on Twitch. Those people, most of those four hundred thousand people, probably don't watch Twitch anyway, and they will never get back to Twitch. You know, they're not gonna see Pokemon mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I really like the streamer. Albeit that'd be cool. Like for those people to actually get into Twitch, that'd be a good way for it to for it to happen. It probably that's not realistic. That's not what's gonna happen, and it's not genuine. Like that, that's that's what that's one of the big things I didn't like about it was that all, like albeit in my mind I didn't like it in the first place because it's just politicians mixed with like hobbies and shit like that. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just not that's not the word to use. It's not genuine. Like no in in no light would any politician doing anything as genuine. It's just not true. At least at least coming from my perspective, of course. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just, thought, I just thought it was interesting that it happened in yeah. the first place. In my opinion, too, it's a little bit different. Um, like I, I definitely support players like um, kneeling, like and and you know mm. if they if they if they want to protest, like whatever platform they want to be on, like you have your freedom of speech. If people yeah, want to exactly. stop watching because of that, like this country is literally all about like you have the freedom to do what you want. If it's going to hurt your sales, you know what, you have that decision. Um, and then the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I go, I go back and forth on like what they should and shouldn't be allowed to do, but that's different. It's different to me. If Pokimane had gone out and on her stream and been like, Hey, you all need to go vote for AOC. But I don't even know. I don't even think that AOC is up for election this term, but if she had been, if you're like, Hey, you need to go vote for her. I think she's a great candidate. That is her endorsing, like using her platform, but like actually having her on is just, that's different. You know, it's like, I don't want to see, uh, you know, Trump playing quarterback for the uh, Green Bay <laughs> Packers this weekend because he 
<laughs> you know, like that he wants people to go vote. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like what? I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I didn't really. Yeah, I just. I think. I think there's a difference between using your platform and, like you said, it's it's not genuine. She talked about how, and, and she was very upfront about how she like had only played like that was her second time playing. Like mm-hmm. she booted yeah. it up the night before to see how like what the controls were and stuff. Yeah, exactly. To to make sure she wasn't like three head, like the threeest yeah. of three heads, like in the yeah. game. So which made I mean, like put on her. Yeah. <laughs> well. well <Perfect. laughs> How? What, I'm an event, guys. What am I doing? Like, I don't understand. It's like, ah, thanks, AOC. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. Like, it, it reminds me a lot of whenever, um, like, four years ago, whenever Hillary was running against Trump, um, in like, you know, for the presidential election, obviously. Like, if you you're living under a rock, if you don't know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. But um, like, whenever she was trying to relate to like young people, it's like, just don't like, I don't, I, I just, I just can't get behind like people over a certain age trying to relate to young people <laughs> like i don't like that 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 might be a little like ageist i don't know and i like yeah, i don't yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really but like they're like i don't know people people she's it, 31 it, years old by the way aoc is so you, yeah okay well, let's, 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 yes uh, yeah I'm, I'm not calling her old but i'm, I'm saying it's it's very it's very reminiscent of like how hillary was like trying to do stuff like related to young people it's like nah that's just cap dude like i don't know like i obviously aoc is like a like obviously younger you literally just said she's 31 that's not really what i'm getting at, is that is that it's all politicians trying to relate to young people in ways that are just very like like i it's like show it's just yeah, yeah. exactly it, it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't seem and... yeah it doesn't seem yeah. legit I, i'd much rather mm-hmm. you like just up front tell me what you want to do like for our country or for and, whatever and, thing you're doing instead of just uh, being around the bush and playing fucking video games with people who where their job is to play video games like well like uh, like i will say like her they they were very upfront of like we are doing this to rate like get people yeah. to vote. like yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like they were just like oh by the way we have aoc on and then she slides <laughs> in like some hey by the Yo, way uh, are you guys going to vote like that <laughs> like, yeah i mean it, like if it's up front so that's cool but i mean i don't know like 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 I mean, like I've already voted. I had to do absentee voting, like, uh, because I'm not registered in Lexington. Um, but, uh, like, so, so obviously this wouldn't really like change my mind on whether I was going to vote or not. But obviously it can't change my mind now as who I was going to vote yep. for. But like, you know, I I would have honestly rather just seen them just go for the just the basic vanilla like go vote like it's it's your duty as an american citizen to go mm-hmm. vote for the people who represent you as a as a citizen of the united states like that just i just prefer that instead of them working with people who they're just the, the, their entire career is playing video games for a living and entertaining people like i don't know that, that's just me though so um this stream i think i'm on the other side i don't necessarily mind it as a way to humanize politicians i know that they a lot of them are paid by whoever they're paid by and they have their own agendas blah blah Mm. blah. but it's because you have people like hassan piker in this stream who his stream is literally a political based stream like he talks about whatever the newest talking point is like Mm. he follows whatever's going on you have people who are a streamer like him who is genuinely like that's what he does that's where his following comes from um being in there um obviously you have people like pokemon and uh myth and all those people just kind of for clout <laughs> it's the easy way to say it <laughs> yeah but i think it's important to to humanize politicians as well because it's 
it, it, at the end of the day, it's someone that we do have to try to find common ground with and work with to get the mm-hmm. things that we yeah. want as a, as a society and as a community. So we can't just, it's, it's hard to say they're all scum, but at the same time, that's you have true. to vote for one because yeah, it puts us exactly. in a scenario where you don't want to vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's, that's fair. I, I can see where you're coming from with that. I'm fine with it as like, because the thing is, it's not like Twitch was forcing anyone to click mm-hmm. it either. Like, yeah, you don't, exactly. You definitely yeah. did not have to see it at all. Like, if you didn't want to be part of that, you don't have to be part yeah, of that. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, um, that's all Dave Chappelle talks about. It's like, you clicked on me, you're listening to me. That's your choice type of stuff. Right. Like, right and, and like right. his latest Netflix stuff. Like, that's the exact same mantra. I like that. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I'm fine with it. I mm-hmm. It didn't bother me as much. And I mean, those, the streamers as well could have said, no, I don't want to be mm-hmm. part of that. Yeah, they, exactly. Uh, yeah. They, said you know i'll be part of this too and i don't know mm-hmm. you know aoc paid them or i don't know who if twitch if i doubt it, it, it twitch, twitch, AOC, like i doubt that that's a part of the scenario i think they probably just said yeah i'll be part of this because yeah. i want my viewers to vote or see that voting is important mm-hmm. or whatever yeah, so. that's important. Mm-hmm. um i'm on the other side it's i mean I, I think it's important that we look at it from both sides yeah so. yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like, like i am right in the middle like from like listening to you guys sides like where I, I am not a fan of it. Like, I didn't click on it. Don't want to watch that. Like, that's not for me. But at the same time, like, it's whatever. Like I said, mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. going to watch, like, if you have anybody political, like, on, like, I, I'd go to video games, like, escape from that stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. But if you are somebody that, you know, is cool, like, watching, if you're, like, a... I know it's weird, too, because I feel like, I feel like some of these new um, politicians, or just politicians in general now, like... They're, they're almost like celebrities man it's it's weird mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I don't like it um and it's it's not just you know aoc and and omar it's uh like it's trump is like a freaking celebrity uh i mean he was a celebrity well he before, i would say yeah he was yeah. a celebrity beforehand he had yeah. his own show I yeah mean. but like you have it where like people will you know if you have these people on they just want to get to know him just like you want to get to know pokemon yeah. just like you want to get to know mm-hmm. that's true yeah, like so. yeah, like like going back to what you said about like bringing on like other like like obviously aoc and omar are like more like liberal leaning people it would have been interesting instead of them playing with like other streamers it would have been interesting to have them play with other streamers of course but also to bring in some some right-leaning people to at least show that like they're not all like because all we ever see the interactions between like left-leaning right-leaning people are them just arguing about policies and politics in the first place it would have been a lot i think a lot more engaging a lot more interesting to see like left-leaning and right-leaning people within the same game and enjoying each other's presence at least to a very basic degree like it shows that Mm -hmm. we're not just hating each other like permanently we we at least we at least acknowledge the fact that we're all that we like like going back to king like we're humanizing these these people who do have a little bit of power that we're electing that we don't really get to see all that much outside of like their work which is them being a public figure right i think i think them doing that would have been really interesting and it it might have caused caused a little bit of a stir between like you know like the audience of people whether they lean left or right like it still would have been hey look they are able to at least do something together which through a medium which is video games which is among us like at least they're in like are able to you know discuss together uh in a in a very professional either professional or just in this sense, just in a gaming manner, you know, where they are not just going each other's throats, calling each other like bigots or whatever, you know, because they're pol- yeah. like one, pol- one thinks the other policies is like whack or whatever. It's like, at least they're sitting here being people and just enjoying each other. You know, that I think yeah. I, I would have, I actually would have liked that a lot more instead of just it being like AOC and OR. I think that would have been a lot more interesting. VP, any thoughts? 
Yeah, man. I no, I think that last point that Moish just brought up makes a lot of sense, dude. I'll be honest with you guys. My political involvement is negative 10. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I understand the big, you know, some of the big events, but I didn't even know this happened, man. So you guys are educating me that this even mm-hmm. was a thing. And now I'm reading articles, obviously, as you guys are talking and I'm mm-hmm. looking at her Twitch and everything. And I'm, I'm kind of with Maze. I sit right in the middle, right? Like, I, yeah. uh, King, I think you brought up a good point of like humanizing politicians. And that's yeah. what they're there to do, especially being exactly. that she's 31, right? And I think a lot of the time when we think politicians, we think of these older, white-haired dudes, right? That are all pissy, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, right? And calling each other bigots and getting pissed at each other. Um, but I also agree with Moise. I think it would have been super cool. And it would have been a very valuable opportunity to bring two members of different parties together and show that they can do certain things, right? But again, I'm, mm. you know, I'm the hippie with long hair that, you know, just goes <laughs> through the motions and, you know, and, like I'm just here hanging out. And again, my political involvement's negative 10, but still like, I still think that's important for the people who are invested and who do care and are doing the research and, you know, looking into these things. I think they are super important issues that we do need to be talking about and thinking about because at the end of the day, <clears throat> these two individuals from different parties ultimately have, a much greater impact than we may like to admit, right? And so mm-hmm. learning about them and having that sort of relationship is important. And I think it is it is cool, but at the same time, I'm, I'm with the with other people, right? Where like, keep politics, you know, in the courtroom or keep it out of, you know, sports or whatever. Okay, do I think that that can be over-dramatized sometimes? Absolutely. I do think it's important, but I don't think it needs to be shoved down people's throats. But those are just my thoughts. Again, mm-hmm. I'm just a long-haired hippie that's sitting over here. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I think I think uh, what also you know probably turned and like I people we said four hundred thousand people watched, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if that number is high or low with the fact that you have AOC on there because I feel like it see it see it's tough and AOC is a very polarizing figure right mm-hmm. people either love her or they hate her she is like when when people kind of talk about AOC, you know, she is, she's not like viewed as somebody that's kind of like a, somebody that's in the middle that like both sides can relate to, like in terms of her yeah. political views, mm-hmm. you know, and she was showing that like as a person, yes, yeah, you can relate to her. Um, and, but I think if you do get those centrists, I think that politically being a centrist in today's climate hurts you more than it helps yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's almost not even realistic to be a centrist. It's it doesn't help you at all because you're good, like because the party system is so like polarizing at this point in like our political climate that it's really tough to either either have viewpoints from both sides and like and be able to keep those views while also like voting or being able to make conscious decisions about like yourself and your family or what you do in as like in a political sense, you know. Like, yeah, of of course, I'm only like 19. So I have very limited experience with politics in the first place. I'm not a big political, like politics central type of dude. I like, I don't, I don't follow it that closely. Like you guys are like, I don't want to say much older, but you guys are much more experienced with uh, like politics than I am. So I like, you guys have more experience. So I like some things that you guys know, I don't know because I've never gone through it, but like, you know, with the limited experience I do have that it is, it is very tough to, um, Either if you grow if you grow up in a in a household that's like either very left very right or even like very right down the middle like that I feel like that's the hardest way to be is that when you have like everybody is going to have a reason to disagree with you if you are a centrist instead of uh, if you're left you can have a community well I don't want to say community but you have people who can agree with you and people who don't agree with you but at least you have people that can agree with you you know in a in a 
whenever you're a centrist, it almost feels like everybody's going to find something that they can disagree with you on and just go at that, like, always, you know, and always be like, ah, oh, I don't, like, you know, that always seems like, that seems like what politics, at least in my experience, always comes boil boil down to is that everybody's going to find some way to disagree with you instead of finding ways to agree with you and be able to, um, like, create a, a relationship with you with your agreements and then be able to um, professionally and uh, professionally and intellectually like debate about what the differences are between you two, right? That, that that's what always feels to come like that always what it seems to come down uh, at least in my experience with this stuff. Yeah, and so I, I think like having her on there, right, as like a very polarizing like political figure. If you if your ultimate goal is to get people to vote, you want as many people to watch as possible. Mm -hmm. And by having somebody, you get probably more people to click on it if if you have somebody that is very polarizing, if somebody that is very popular. Because to be popular now in politics, like the people that you know the names of, you know, um, your AOCs, your Ted Cruz's, bro, I did that last time too. Um, any of those people, um, you to know their name, they generally are not like they, they are far side of the spectrum one way or the other yeah exactly yeah, yeah, and yeah. to so so like the yes you have four hundred thousand people that clicked on it or, or that were watching at a time you i don't know what the actual number of unique mm -hmm. views was but how many of those people were kind of centrist or that like were not politically involved that were on the fence on whether or not they were going to vote that are now going to vote is my my real question because i mean this thing was on twitter alone her tweet going out, just hers, you know, the now this tweeted it and then she, you know, quote tweeted it. Um, but it had combined those two had over 20,000 retweets. So 20,000 people tweeted out. She has 9.3 million followers on Twitter and she had 400,000 watching her. So like, mm -hmm. that's a, that's a, and at one point too, that's not even like unique views. That's a pretty like high amount of people for how many people like follow her on Twitter and actually like, you know, care enough about like you know all that stuff to be able to go watch her that's a pretty it is but she has she has like that many followers and how many i don't know i don't know my she had six hundred ninety six thousand people that followed her that night 5.4 million people watched the stream uh or have watched it since uh, in the last five days mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. but those could be people clicking back on there I don't yeah, exactly. know. I don't know. I'm just curious, like how effective you guys think that actually was in terms of like reaching new people mm -hmm. or like yeah, 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 actually exactly. influencing people to go vote. Yeah, uh, especially especially in a game where you're encouraging people to vote, and when you don't vote, you get mad at them, and you're just like, oh, you're throwing the game. So yeah, I think it was I think it was pretty uh, pr a pretty good game choice uh, for the. I never thought about that actually. Damn, that's yeah. big brain. Dude. I just yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You get people get mad when people don't vote among us. It's like ah, oh, these people are getting mad when people don't vote in real life. That's <laughs> meta, dude. Holy cow! Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's. I just crazy. read this. I just read this. Uh, oh. No, sorry. This is real, real quick. I just read this okay. uh, article title, and it is uh, AOC's impromptu Twitch stream was <laughs> impromptu. <laughs> yeah, impromptu. Okay. That's false too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go ahead. Keenan. I was just gonna say the one positive. I mean, all of the political. Well, most of the political things aside, the one positive we can take from this is that um, 
not too many years ago, video games were seen as something that were going to make your kids kill each other. That's true. Um, that is so true. And now Paul video games are being using them. Try, attempting to be used as something as a positive catalyst um, by a government entity. I think is a positive thing. Yeah, for exactly. Yeah, this yeah. is a community overall. That's a, yeah. That is very true. That's a very good point. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so uh, that's enough politics for the next six months. Um, <laughs> that's true. The next I, time, I hit my quota. Hit my quota. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go vote. There you go. That's all right. Now we're now we're good. <laughs> don't care who you vote for. Just go vote. Then we will have one more um, episode before the election, so we promise we won't talk any politics. Don't worry. <laughs> um, unless something political in video games happens. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about we we now have November and you guys all know the big thing that's coming up in November. Um, it, it, everybody kind of feel like around the country knows about it. Um, they're really ex- are kind of excited. I don't know. I think it gives a lot of anxiety to people. Um, that is the release of Cyberpunk 2077. Um, you, guys, you guys knew where I was going with that, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm getting fat at Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Cyberpunk, bro. Everybody's yeah, exactly. anticipating it for the last 75 years. Yeah, um, so like. the, let's let's talk about real quick. Let's just go through. And I want to know there are so many games. This is like mm-hmm. this is like COVID game release month. It's like all these games that are supposed to generally be released in like September, October were pushed back to November, December. So what are your guys' top three games being released? King, when I want to start with you. Let's hear it. Okay. I'll just run down my list here. Um, as we know, I'm a big racing fan, so Dirt 5 is coming out. I've always been a huge fan of the Dirt uh, racing series. Um, it's off-road racing. For anyone who doesn't know, you have um, all these different off-road tracks, drive different cars, trucks, um, in some cases, vans. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a really fun game, a uh, beautiful game as well. If you have a good PC, or I mean, I guess it runs really well on consoles as well. It's, just, it's a beautiful game. Uh, next is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, I've been a pretty big Assassin's Creed fan since it came out in the beginning. I haven't played the last couple, um, but I 100%ed the first like five of them, um, which I've never done with any other franchise. So excited to see this one uh, and what it ends up looking like and comes out at. And then the third game, which is kind of weird because I probably won't be playing it, but I'll watch a lot of people play it, is Spider-Man Miles Morales yes. for me. That game is actually going to be exciting. That's not on my top oh, three, yeah. but I but I am anticipating that game to be like really good. All right. So, what are your top three? No, my top three. Okay. So, so uh, number three is the same as not the same as King. When I guess this was number two, but Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I've been a huge fan of Assassin's Creed since uh, I think Assassin's Creed two. I think I, I never played the the original one, the like the yeah. first Assassin's Creed. This is a you know a, me being a zoomer, don't have the time to do that, I guess. But uh, um, but the first one that I got really into was Assassin's Creed three. Um, I played four. I played Unity. And I played Syndicate, um, and kind of dropped off after Syndicate. Uh, I had like I did a lot of stuff with high school, and like a lot of that stuff really prevented me from being able to get into the newer ones like Odyssey and Origins. And those ones didn't really appeal to me as much as like you know the other ones did. But Valhalla looks super cool. Like it, it's 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 the first Assassin's Creed that I've been really anticipating since uh, I think Syndicate like was was the last one I was really like ah oh, this one looks really cool, but. Um, that one I'm super hyped for. Uh, number two, uh, the new Call of Duty, Black Ops Cold War. Um, big Treyarch guy, not really a big fan of Infinity Ward. Not, not that I didn't like uh, the Modern Warfare uh, 
like remaster remake whatever you want to call it the one that we just had for the last year um just not a big fan of infinity ward and i like zombies like the zombie storyline is super cool all the easter eggs you do all the maps are super dope um the character they're bringing new characters for that um a new entire like uh gameplay they're bringing back the old perk system as far as i know so that's pretty cool um they're bringing uh in new mechanics like ending your actual like uh like wave number you can actually end instead of just going as long as you can uh you can start with any gun kind of they haven't really elaborated on that yet but i'm anticipating that to be like really good um multiplayer is gonna be super cool like the beta was really cool probably talk about that at some point uh next week but uh it was a super cool game to try out really early and uh number one uh may's already said it fucking cyberpunk i've just i've been anticipating this game for the last like two years uh just been waiting patiently in my seat waiting for it to come out or waiting for like any bit of news that i can grab onto um just just to get a little bit more information about it like uh gamerx did a whole video about like a bunch of information that i watched a, f a few days ago um there was a big like 50 minute gameplay trailer that they or gameplay re uh, reveal they had like a, a year ago or something uh that i watched uh, or maybe like a year and a half ago i don't exactly remember um but that was super dope and all my friends everybody that i know are just like ah oh, this game looks awesome um so I, that's that's probably my most anticipated game i'm gonna be playing maybe all of these maybe not assassin's creed but i'll be playing cold war and cyberpunk honorable mention to uh the new uh zelda game the hyrule warriors uh age of calamity it just gives a lot of backstory to breath of the wild and i am really anticipating that game albeit it's not a mainline game still a pretty highly anticipated game for me but it's not i don't think that's top three so just want to give that i just want to give that game a shout out yeah so four four games yeah exactly see three <laughs> three and a half three and, i didn't really elaborate i guess on, i guess on the rules much. weren't really clear <laughs> hey, 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 hey you said top three i gave my top three i gave an honorable mention that's true that's true that's fair you did more work than exactly than exactly see, right. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just working harder vp what about you dude <laughs> um so i I'm going to echo a lot of the same games, but one that I am differing from is uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Gears Tactics. So um, I've always been a huge fan of the Gears of War franchise, um, obviously in the Xbox 360, Xbox One. Um, and I've always been a huge fan of like RTS games as well, like strategy games and like turn-based. Um, it kind of reminds me and makes me think of like Halo Wars when that game first came out. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's not the yeah. same, um, not the same style. Um, but again, I've always just been a huge fan of like RTS games, getting you think a little bit different than the, you know, the shoot 'em ups, um, you know, an RPG type game. So I'm super excited about Gears Tactics coming out. Um, I did also pick in my top three Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, much to both of you. Always been a huge fan of Assassin's Creed, played the absolute mess out of one <laughs> and two when they first came out um, and then kind of fell off the bandwagon. I've always kept my eyes on it. Um, but haven't really played many after that. But um, Assassin's Creed and Vikings Dog? Oh, exactly. My <laughs> That's oh their It's like, oh. God, oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that'll be pretty sick. And then, um, again, much like everyone else, Cyberpunk. Uh, I think that's just in this list. I think that's got to be in my top three. Um, nothing super crazy. Um, but I just think it's a beautiful game. It's going to be mm. a ton of fun. And, uh Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited, man, for next yeah. gen. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's, I guess we're talking about games like PS5, I guess, is November 12th release. Yeah, yeah, Xbox yeah. Series X is November 10th. Yep. So, yes, sir. It's going to be epic. All right. Mine, um, I'm going to go number three. I'm going to go Cyberpunk. So, I'm excited about it. Uh, it's not going to be a game I play at launch. 
Um, I'll probably wait a little bit on it. Mm-hmm. I'll actually probably play playing my second game around the time that Cyberpunk is being released because, uh, well, I'll, I'll get there, I guess. Um, but so <laughs> it does look super sick. I think it's going to be probably game of the year unless it just absolutely flops just because of how much hype has been around it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it has to do a whole lot to, to you know, please people because um, it'll finally be out and yeah, exactly. all the stuff that we know about it. I, I really don't think the story has to be amazing. Um, number two, I'm going to go Valhalla. And I think this is an interesting game because I feel like most of us have had this at like number two. Yeah. Like, and I feel like that's almost for everybody. Everybody's like hyped about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but nobody is like, that's the number one game that they're going to play, you know? And, and I'll be playing this game probably around the time the cyberpunk releases. And I'm, I'm super, super hyped about it. Like, don't get me wrong. And like the, the trailers look amazing. I think that Viking culture and like lore is one of the coolest out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm excited to see what they do with it. They're, they, it's, they're really good about like sticking to, you know, like it, nothing gets like too far fetched. I feel like, you know, it's obviously like not real. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Or it's, yeah. Um, but I think that they, 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 they're like very historically accurate with the cultures and stuff. Yeah. Right? And they, and they stay culturally relevant within the game. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they don't exactly. take, they don't take anything too out of context or even like they're not, they're not offensive or anything. They all make sure that it's, uh, that it's still in good taste and it's still a very good game, which I, I, I said this on a previous episode. I don't know if it was episode one or two, but I said the exact same thing. I, that's what I appreciate the most about Ubisoft making the Assassin's Creed games is that they're mm-hmm. always so like culturally relevant and not culturally appropriated um, in, in, within their games. Yeah. It's super, super, super well-made. You, you don't have an Assassin's Creed origins. You don't have uh, <laughs> what's, what's his name? Uh, Matt Damon running around as an Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like that great wall movie. <laughs> it was supposed to be based on like de- defeating the, the Huns or whatever. Or right. Gone. Yeah. yeah. Freaking Matt Damon out of here. Just like, uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, dude. <laughs> um, and then the number one, and uh, I can't believe you guys didn't say this, but Destiny, Destiny. 2 Beyond wow. Light. Who would have thought? Bro. Um, honestly, I'm excited about this because, you know, Destiny being one of my favorite franchises um, kind of of all time. The game I'm currently streaming, um, they're releasing a new raid. And every time that they release a new raid, I think it is probably like one of my favorite times of the year. Just getting to go through there. Um, we have a six-man team lined up, committed 24 hours. We're going to go for – There's a they have an emblem. For the teams, they have like a contest mode where basically they prevent you from being able to like grind out your light and like find exploits and stuff to get a super high gear score basically so that mm-hmm. you can go in and make it do it easier than other teams. They cap you at a certain level. And as long as you're over that level, then you got a fair shot. But everybody is just, it's hell and everybody's just going to get shit on repeatedly and it's going to be amazing. And 24 hours, but if you beat it, you get a cool emblem that you can put next to your name. Uh, <laughs> for the cosmetics, bro. For the cosmetics, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Seriously, I get a cool uh, picture in this not real thing. Ah, oh, I'm so excited. That's yeah. all. Basically, every video game is just that. Just that first. one sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a world's first, so they have a belt for world's first if you win it. Um, it's oh, like a championship cool. belt. Uh, I don't think we'll be world's first. There's like some ridiculously good teams out there. I think I want to say it was only like the last one that they did 
something like 20 teams did it in the first 24 hours. So, you know, I would, we, we did not do it in the first 24 hours. We didn't start though until like 10 o'clock at night. And then we had a guy that was like, all right, I'm done after like three hours. <laughs> um, so this year, everybody is kind of like committed and it's like, yeah, we're going to, um, we're ready for it. And we'll actually, I think we're going to have on, um, one or two of the guys that's going to be raiding with me here in the next couple of weeks, just get their kind of thoughts on the release of destiny and all this stuff, but should be a good time. Um, I, I think games like destiny, you know, world of Warcraft, final fantasy, all of those like final fantasy 14, all those games that are MMOs have a huge surge and a huge hype. Even if you watch them on Twitch, like their Twitch numbers go up right around when these new raids and stuff are released. So it'll be dope. All right. So November again is going to be dope. And we'll do probably one of these at the end of November, talking about these games again, that have been pushed back to December. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a bunch as well. So um, these new BRs, not really new BRs, but the BRs um, are trying to get into the theme of Halloween, trying to get a little, little crispy appeal to our, you know, Halloween fans, just give people a little bit different of a taste. I feel like that's always what got me, like why I kind of quit playing BRs is they just got so repetitive. So same, and, yeah. Yeah, and you guys talked about how, you know, Valorant, Overwatch, CSGO, there's always a number by your name that told you how good you were, and so you mm-hmm. were just always trying to improve that. There just wasn't really that in BRs, which yeah, exactly. is why I kind of mm-hmm. lost interest. So they're trying to, like, switch things up a little bit. Um, tell us a little bit about these, these respawn gimmicks, um, Moist. So yeah, so basically, if you haven't heard about uh, these big up, like I'm gonna call them pretty big updates, at least for Warzone, because all of Modern Warfare's updates are like 80 gigabytes for no reason. But I mean, whatever. Like, I, like I deal with it. I just download them overnight and then just play them the next day. But that's besides the point. Warzone and Fortnite. I'm not sure about Apex or any other big uh, BRs currently, but Warzone and Fortnite haven't been in a new like respawn system where whenever you die, instead of in Warzone going to the Gulag and winning and coming back or losing and waiting for your team to buy you back. Um, or in Fortnite where you have to get your card uh, for like a in like a uh, squad space game mode. You instead immediately drop back in. No parachute, no uh, glider, no whatever. You drop back down where a, over top of where you died and you are basically a zombie with different uh, mechanics opposed to like a real player in Warzone or Fortnite. So we're going to talk about Warzone first and then Fortnite and see how they differ and see how they're kind of similar. Um, so in Warzone... Um, I have not played any of it yet because it's like, I just really haven't had a lot of time to install the game and to actually play the game. Uh, but judging from some of the things that people have told me and judging from what I've seen on like YouTube and stuff, whenever you die, you respawn as a zombie. You don't do your gulag stuff anymore. You just respawn immediately. And when you get two kills, um, against real players, not against other zombies, when you get two kills against real players, you get like vials. That when you pick up, you like inject them into like your your arm, and when you get two of them, you then uh, you don't respawn like you don't drop in, but you kind of like lose your uh, your visual like distortions at like in zombie mode, and you just come back as like a real person. You get to pick up guns, you get to get all this different stuff, um, which is really cool. It's a really interesting uh, respawn gimmick, and it gives you reason to actually stay in the game, uh, which is why I think Warzone's is better when I get to Fortnite, and why I critique it a little bit more. Um, I like Warzone's version of it. Um, I think it's really very simple. Um, I'm not sure if you get to do it multiple times. Like, if you die as a second human, if you come back as a zombie again, I have not really looked that much into it. But I know that the respawn system is really interesting. Um, it's really 
uh, it's not, it's fresh, I guess. Like it, we've had the same uh, buyback system since Warzone's come out. Um, something different, something fresh is really is really cool to see, especially within the theme of Halloween. Uh, but in Fortnite, it's kind of the same in the same vein. You come back as a zombie. Um, they're more they look like ghouls more or less. Um, but they have cool mechanics. They can jump higher. Um, you use your claws as like damage and stuff. And you're very fast. Um, you can be invisible if you stand still. You can still see their eyes though. But um, the way you like regain health is by eating loot. So if somebody does kill you while you're a zombie and you've eaten loot to re to regain HP, um, you drop all of your loot. You could have 20 legendary items in your body or 20 common items. I think the rarity heals you more or less depending on how rare they are. But um, uh, that is a very interesting gimmick. But the only thing is, as opposed to Warzone, in Fortnite you can't actually come back as... You can't kill like two real players and uh like respawn as a real person so what's what ended up happening in like the first 24 hours of this update coming out uh fortnite saw like a big surge of like a lot of people staying in the game uh like high kill lobbies a lot of actual interaction not the lobbies weren't dying out nearly as fast as they used to before the zombie update but now people when they just die they just back out of the game because there's no reason to try to win as a zombie or try to do anything because you have no hp basic compared to people who have like shields and guns and stuff um, and, uh, if you win as a zombie, you get like a nightmare Royale and you can't kill other zombies. Um, so if you, if you are a zombie and the, the, the other person who like you're the last two is a real player, that real person is guaranteed a, a Royale like victory, whether it be as a human or as a zombie, but it doesn't even matter. Like the nightmare Royale isn't as cool, but you can't respawn as like a real person in Fortnite, which has in turn led to most of the lobby just quitting out once they die so it's not keeping mm -hmm. it's not keeping the game as fresh as they would have like it liked it to now if you if they had made it to where when you consume five pieces of uh loot like you know big pots small pots ars smgs pumps or whatever if you consume like five of them or six of them then you respawn as a human that would have been a really interesting like a change albeit when you kill somebody they usually have uh five uh things on them anyway so it might have to be up to like you know 20 or something and it gives you the like the highest rarity stuff along with shields or something some some hierarchy of what you keep right but it it, it is in turn it doesn't really hurt fortnite i guess it's it's actually reverting it back to what it was before the update but war zones i think is like really cool um really interesting fortnite's is just kind of they were trying to get it, their lobbies to be more active when it really it didn't do much after the first day which kind of sucks because it's, it's a really cool concept I, li I like how both of them have done it like and it, it especially around halloween it's a cool idea so it's it's weird that like both of these like these are the two biggest right now right like it's, mm -hmm. it's warzone versus fortnite pick your poison PUBG's yeah, exactly. kind of died um you know there's obviously apex the other... and, yeah there's yeah, apex I... there's hyperscape there's yeah. spell break there's a lot of other ones that have come out they're, that are very, very like small. yeah they're, they're, they're small but they're really unique they're like like spell break is really cool um i thought hyperscape was a really interesting idea that twitch could actually influence the game um uh spell break is just a very interesting take on the genre but yeah it's it really is warzone versus yeah. fortnite at this point like real so it's weird though that both of those two games like came out with the same basic idea at like the same year yeah at yeah same time um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first time that Fortnite has had like it's not the first the first time Fortnite has had zombies because they've had like AI like running on the map that can like kill you and do whatever and they'll drop loot. But it's the first time they've had like players being quote unquote zombies, basically, which is I think really cool. And Wars obviously this is like Warzone's first year of even being a game or even being like a battle royale. So they like have a lot of ideas from other um, battle royales to be able to implement their own uh, game system with their own unique gimmicks. 
Um, and the same thing with Fortnite, their zombies can, you know, jump higher and have, are like a little bit faster. Um, but obviously it's a quote unquote more realistic shooter because when you're first person, it's not, you don't, it's not Fortnite. So like, um, but I, like, I think both of them in their, have their own merits. I think they're both really cool. I, I like Warzone's a little bit more because you can respawn. Um, I think that's just a little more interesting and having it to vials doesn't create a inf an infinite loop of people coming back as zombies and then respawning. You do have to kill two people and those two people have to kill two people to respawn. So it's, it, it's like a, it's, it's a exponential growth. Um, yeah. as you, you know, as you uh, get more people dead and more zombies, like you can't actually have people respawning infinitely, you know? So it makes sense. It keeps it from being broken while still making it fun and having more action within the game. Like that, that's, that's one thing that I, I hear a lot of people talking about in these games is that, they're too slow or there's not enough action. There's only action like the first, you know, minute of the game. And then once you kill everybody, they're just gone. You know, like e even, even in Warzone, it, it kind of, it gets a little slow sometimes, albeit there's a lot more action than in there is in Fortnite. Like, because that, like, it's a bigger map with only stolen hundred people. They haven't really decided how they're going to increase the, uh, like player count or how to increase activity within the game, which needs to happen soon in my opinion. But, you know, these gimmicks are super cool. I, I think they're, they make sense for, you know, October, it being a Halloween coming right around the corner. And it's, they're just, they're really cool gimmicks. I think they add a lot of life to the game, even if they only add life for the first 24 hours at Fortnite. But yeah, sure. Um, Thoughts? Would you guys like to see this in, in other games? Like, I don't know. Just, I, I don't know that it works really for other games. Tons of other games, you know, like yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it would have to be a BR for one, realistically speaking, like obviously, but I mean, other BRs doesn't it doesn't really seem like it would work for those games, or maybe even like Sea of Thieves, man, like with the um, so I was thinking with like a Halloween update, like maybe there's like mm -hmm. a kind of like the um the Ashen Lord Skull, right? So like maybe we have a new item in game that if we kill somebody, maybe for a time period or whatnot, they come back as like a skeleton, or they come back as a ghost, as they would on the Fairy of the Damned. Obviously, that's a little bit dramatic, right? But mm -hmm. um, just in terms of thinking of the mechanics of the game and how it could work, there could be something that we might. What about what see. about like in arena mode, where if your ship gets sunk, then you come back as a ghost ship, and like all you can shoot are special balls, and so it's like almost like a beat a battle royale, and so yeah. the teams that have already sunk can still be in the game and can be like contributing to the action, but they're shooting, you know. Maybe like anchor balls or, you know, different balls. It's just messing with the tide of the tide mm -hmm. of the battle at that point. Yeah. Kind of cool. It, it, tight, it, yeah. It, it, yeah, in like a King of the Hill game mode where like if you sink, you're just perma out or something. Yeah. I think a lot of those would be, I don't know. I, I do think the, the benefit to having a BR is basically you don't have to be coming up with new content in terms of like, like Sea of Thieves is having to focus on like actual updates every month. Whereas Fortnite and Warzone can just focus on their events and like, hey, yeah, exactly, yeah, we want to do an event around Halloween. We want to do an event around Thanksgiving, and then besides that, it's just basically the artists doing all the work and they're mm -hmm. they're making yeah, exactly. new skins and stuff to sell. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think just the structure of battle royales allows for that a little bit more, and especially yeah, exactly. like I feel like that'd be a ton of work for Sea of Thieves to develop that type of game mode. You know, like what you're talking about VP with the skull. Yeah, that'd be sick. Like if you like burned them with like that that skull, and then if they died to that fire, like they instead just like got changed to a skeleton for like five minutes. That'd be sick. 
<laughs> yeah, or even like a polymorph from like World of Warcraft, you know, where it turns you into like yeah. something else. But I mean, again, very dramatic mechanic, but yeah, topic. Yeah, very cool. All right. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, so that is gonna wrap it up here for this week. Uh, VP, dude, thank you so much for being on. Um, I want to shout out one more time the Notorious Arena League. Again, NotoriousArenaLeague.com, or you can find them at twitch.tv slash NotoriousArenaLeague. Um, and then the Cutthroat Pirates. I'll let you I'll let you shout that one out, VP. Um, but tell people, first of all, where they can find you. Um, you know, what, what socials you got, what, what platforms you're on. Yeah, dude. Well, first of all, again, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I really appreciate it. This was freaking awesome. Um, but yeah, if anybody's interested in uh, getting a hold of me or following me, um, like I said earlier, your man VP, pretty straightforward. You can find me on Xbox. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash your man VP. Find me on Twitter for my most up to date stream information. Just again, uh, twitter.com slash your man VP. Uh, you can find me on Instagram if you want to follow me in the real lives or see what I'm doing or what I'm up to. Um, but that's a wrap, dude. And then if you are interested in the Cutthroat Pirates, um, feel free to look us up. We do have a website, cutthroatpirates.com. Um, if you're interested in applying to become part of the fleet, again, head over to the seaofthieves.com uh, forums, and we do have a listed forum post under the fleets. Um, and then we will have somebody get in contact with you after you post. But again, thank you guys so friggin' much for having me, dude. This is friggin' awesome. You guys are rock stars, and I am excited to see where you take everything. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day um, and hanging out with us. So it's it's been fun. Um, so I'm Maze. You can find me on Twitch at Maze underscore TV or YouTube at Maze TV or on Twitter. <laughs> I tweeted this week. It was dope. Um, <laughs> at TV Maze. Uh, you, you can find me, Moist Potato, at Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv backslash uh, Moist Potato. Uh, you know, same as always. Or on TikTok at moist potato underscore still haven't really got a lot of content just because i'm doing a lot of other stuff but still uh, should be pretty cool at some point i don't know for me just for now still just kingwin hd on twitch is the only place you're gonna find anything related to me uh, especially <laughs> me missing a lot of shots with a sniper rifle which is the only clip on my, <laughs> on my but yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, another fun week, another good week behind us. Yeah, have a good one.